I'm Jason Mitchell, co-head of Responsible Investment at Man Group. You're listening to Perspectives Toward a Sustainable Future, a podcast about what we're doing today to build a more sustainable world tomorrow. Ask most people to characterize sustainable investing across Europe, and you'll get some pretty predictable responses. Scandinavia, pioneers in ethical and normative exclusions, is bound to pop up. And credit them for now driving more progressive and rigorous expectations in the ESG and impact space. And don't forget the Netherlands. Dutch asset owners have elevated the visibility of frameworks like the UN Sustainable Development Goals by committing serious investment behind them. But Spain? For the most part, you'll draw a blank. At best, Spain is seen as a blind spot in this area. At worst, it's been a laggard more focused on driving its own economic recovery following the global financial crisis than really leading the sustainable investment dialogue. But frankly, that's not fair, nor is it accurate. So here's a quick history. In 2008, Spain emerged alongside Germany as a world leader in the development of renewable energy technologies, accounting for almost 25% of the global solar capacity. Installed solar PV capacity grew from essentially nothing in 2007 to more than 6 gigawatts five years later. But that early growth has since stalled as the renewable subsidy program proved unsustainable amidst the government's fiscal constraints. So yeah, it was a disappointing end and a valuable lesson on how to incentivize renewable energy growth in a more balanced way. Now, fast forward to today. And there's plenty of evidence showing that Spain has emerged intent on driving progressive socio-environmental reforms under its new government and alongside a finance sector that is much more sustainability aware. And as a side note, when I recorded Minister Ribera's interview in Madrid in late June, it was in the midst of a heat wave where temperatures hit 40 degrees Celsius. The news story that dominated Spanish headlines was about a self-combusting pile of manure. Sounds funny, right? But not really. That pile went on to ignite a wildfire that scorched more than 15,000 hectares of forest. Welcome to the new normal. So enjoy this episode. It's a mix of some wonderful leading voices in Spain right now, including Minister Teresa Ribera, Theres Andreu, and Jordi Baltas. It's a rich mix of views from the just transition to the potential of ESG data. And in welcoming Minister Ribera of Spain's Ministry for the Ecological Transition to the episode, I asked about her background, what shaped her direction towards climate policy and politics, and more recently, what led to the radical development of the new Spanish Ministry for Ecological Transition. I think that um, at the very beginning it was uh, intellectual curiosity on what uh, this could mean for us uh, as a society, as humankind, as um, the impact in the models of development and peace. Then I um, got into the topic uh, with a professional regard. What about the legal aspects of uh, the climate uh, legislation and uh, the negotiations in the international context and what it could mean uh, in the organization of uh, the state system in Spain. And then uh, I got uh, a much more deeper view on how systemic the change uh, uh, were going to be and to what extent uh, it was a kind of uh, societal and uh, an existential threat that uh, could uh, mean a uh, deeper 
unfairness unless we could handle it with much care. So I, I got uh, emotionally involved also in, in the type of things that uh, needed to be to be going around if we wanted to to be successful in this story. So I was Secretary of State for Climate Change and Environmental Issues. And the Prime Minister wanted to express to what extent uh, um, the uh, ecological transition was the main driver, the tracker, uh, to allow a modernization of uh, the economic and industrial system, but also a, um, a better understanding of uh, the main social uh, challenges that he had to, to introduce into the agenda. So he decided to combine um, all the environment, uh, water and climate portfolio with the energy portfolio. Uh, not just the strategic planning or the policy shaping, but also the implementation of the different things to, that need to be done. So the, the, the upgrade of the agenda a little bit everywhere and to, to strengthen a much more coherent approach uh, um, among uh, the other ministries. And that's uh, why I think it is a, a, a very challenging and uh, an enthusiastic uh, thing. But an important part of the story behind Spain's reset is the theory of change. So I asked Theodis Andreu, CIO of Banca Sabadell Asset Management, who's based in Barcelona, what resonated so much with him. And I found no stronger explanation of the urgency it poses than with what he had to say. Well, first is where we stand. The economy around us is tourism so climate is a big, big thing in a country. It depends on how you do the math, but 25% of the GDP is tied to the environment. So that makes a big difference. I have friends in Scandinavia that are in favor of climate change because they stand in an environment with a very different temperature, right? But uh, we will be the first uh, victims of climate change. So that's a very hot topic here. And um, the second reason for us uh, being very concerned about ESG is the capitalization of the Spanish stock market or the Spanish debt market, where energy companies, automakers are heavy, heavy weighted components of our stock market indices. We have ESG very sensitive industries making for most of market cap. So we are forced to be very, very cautious on ESG topics because they can have a huge impact on earnings and value of uh, the companies we invest in or on the solvency of uh, the debt issuers we invest in. So I think uh, we are under circumstances that force us to be very ESG-driven. Another unique aspect of Spain is its willingness to address and reconcile socio-environmental issues. It's a key part of the mandate of the Spanish Ministry for Ecological Transition and an area that Minister Rivera has personally overseen. In an effort to phase out coal mining, Spain will invest 250 million euros in mining regions over the next decade to provide retraining and retirement. It's as much a demonstration of solidarity as it is a recognition that progressive climate policy doesn't have to mean stranded communities. Now, those who listen regularly to the podcast will recognize the term just transition. For those who haven't, the just transition is a framework that ties together environmental and social objectives. It's the recognition, as Minister Roberta says, that 
green politics is about people. And so I asked Minister Ribera what were the lessons she could offer to other countries having successfully negotiated with the mining unions to create a more inclusive climate policy agenda. I also asked Jordi Balcez, Head of Credit and Responsible Investment at Vida Casha, his thoughts on the new government and ministry. I think that politics is about people, and I think that green politics should also be around people. Because otherwise, um, people do feel uh, that their lives are threatened. I mean, we cannot convince anyone saying that for the sake of the planet, they need to lose uh, their jobs or they need to uh, leave the cars aside without any other alternative in terms of mobility or uh, they need to move because uh, whatever. Um, And um, it is not so easy to reorientate uh, the debate. I think that we need uh, great doses of um, honesty when explaining why uh, we should change and towards what direction. Second, we need to be very uh, careful and uh, pay much attention to the local dimension of every single reality and the people's concerns in every single community. So to uh, be sure that um, we are perceived as engaged people helping to profile uh, the new reality. And the third thing is that uh, we need to strengthen very much the solidarity policies, because otherwise uh, we could be missing a very uh, relevant and existential principle, which is confidence on institutions in order to solve the problems that uh, different communities and people do feel as their main priorities. And I think that uh, this should this could not be fair and this could be much more dangerous. It doesn't mean that things are easy. I think that uh, we have uh, succeeded in the first phase, so to define where we want to be and what are the type of policies that we want to put in place. And then uh, now it is time de- to deliver. And, mm. and this is a little bit longer process. There would be things that could work and could be things that uh, uh, will need to be, to be changed or adapted. When I saw the Teresa Rivera transition regulation, it comes to be that it's totally aligned with the, with the European, uh, in particular the commitments in Paris Agreement in 2015. So I think it's totally aligned with Europe. But what is Spain doing in the context of larger EU efforts around sustainable finance? I asked Theodis and Jordi to weigh in on the momentum behind sustainable investing and the challenges facing it. The awareness in Spain is pretty much focused on the climate side uh, today. I think it's going to be difficult to an, to anticipate and move ahead of the European-wide change in regulation. Just because, as we discussed, the mutual fund market is a cross-border market, highly integrated across the EU, and it doesn't make much sense to have different ESG regulations on different jurisdictions. We think uh, the present time government will probably make progress in other fronts before uh, trying to address mutual fund regulation or pension fund regulation as a segregated issue. Qualified pensions in Spain, as I said, have a big difference when compared to other European saving solutions. It is their governance. ESG issues tend to be disclosed and discussed at the plan committee level and at the fund committee level which, uh, as you know, are highly participated by the unions. So it's a discussion 
in which collective bargaining issues are mixed with investment issues. That makes a very tight agenda for these ruling bodies of these pension funds and pension plans, and little time is left to discuss ESG. Europe is doing an important step on that. It's leading a, a transition in, in the world, and it's, it's saying to the market that those aspects are important, and also to Spain. And in our case, obviously, it's going to change how we understand the, the investments, not just with advising our clients, but also in managing related to risk and related to reporting. In our case, I think we are prepared for those changes, but we need to follow them and to adapt because maybe not all what I do are perfect. We need to still continue to develop. And in the case of, of the other ones, I think they try to understand how those movements are coming because it's coming really fast and strong. We are opening a new door. We are getting related with the retails. We are a new experience for us. We don't know which we find on the other side. But I, I expect there are going to be a good opportunity. And in general, I think all the teams are going to involve, in, in general, the bank, the industry, and we, we will see a lot of products related to SRI. And I think in the, in the further steps, uh, the integration will be, or integration for the 100% of the, the assets will be, will be an issue that will be, we will see as a natural way to analyze an investment. So what's this mean for Spain's private sector? I asked what role finance is expected to play in the context of the just transition and as sustainable investing finds greater popularity in Spain. I think that um, they are important uh, first because they are part of the society. So I think that uh, anyone understanding that uh, we belong to a broader project than our individual uh, interest uh, could also apply to the financial sector. Uh, and um, being perceived as uh, players that do care about uh, um, their times in history and their com the communities uh, where they belong to is important. The second thing is that uh, they have the capacity, the financial sector has the capacity to bridge the current reality towards the new reality that we need to face in. So they should be thinking how to bridge, how to make this possible. And this also means business for them. But um, And they know better than anyone else, each of the players of the financial system, how they can help into bridging the present with the future. And the third thing is that it is um, factual, it is true, that there are a, a physical risk and there are regulatory risk that um, could be uh, an additional argument to, to, to take action in this field. Spain is one of the most open mutual fund markets in Europe. Uh, in terms of the share of the total asset under management that is invested through non-Spanish domiciled funds. And the investment, uh, the mutual fund market is extremely open to new developments uh, from those other more ESG-aware jurisdictions. So we've got all of them here, and we have to live up to the market conditions that this creates. So it's not an issue of being uh, convinced or unconvinced. It's an issue of having to address the questions that we get by our customer base. Most of the assets we manage are entrusted to us by people from older generations than millennials. Millennials do not save much in Spain. 
And that explains why the ESG awareness is slowly uh, developing. That's because savings belong to old people, mostly. So we are preparing the future, but um, managing a situation in which there is an increasing awareness and in which the drive is coming from the supply side in Europe, all across Europe. Well, I strongly believe um, asset management in this process is a force of good. So we are trying to make the ESG discussion a growth, a value discussion. We are trying to put math into it, the math of alpha, of more uh, visible earnings, more visible value. And that's the approach we think uh, that contributes to deliver what is expected from us. And we are doing this ahead of the listed companies or bond issuers because we think we have to create that awareness. And uh, this is being done ahead of regulation, trying to impose uh, regulation as the target standard is difficult to handle. Regulation is the result of a political negotiation, and those people are not in a position to adapt as quickly as reality needs. Mm. So we're trying to move ahead of regulation. I also asked opinions about what the finance sector had to do more of, where there should be more innovation. And I got a pretty consistent message about a focus on ESG data. The big issue for us now uh, with ESG is information cost. You have fantastic offering of the traditional financial research on debt issuers and equity securities, but information on ESG topics is very scarce and very expensive when it's good, when it's valuable. So the big benefit we see in uh, the coming uh, EU-wide regulation is that it will reduce our information cost as an investor and will allow us to uh, work uh, on a solid ground when we have to assess, to make uh, ESG assessment that today rely too much on information that is difficult to check. The data is time to time have better quality the agency, ESG agencies give us a lot of information. It's difficult to say that those information anticipate you on the risk. It's not easy, but it's a way to better understand your, how you manage. And we can see incredible wars coming from international asset management. We can see uh, the biggest ones who are totally involved. And we can see how a traditional uh, portfolio management could be improved adding ESG criteria, and you can add alpha and you have uh, more control of risk. So um, from a technical point of view, I can see incredible exercises on that. Finally, I make a point of ending each podcast now with a question about advice, a message from an older, wiser, but no less energized generation to a younger generation. Think out of the box. Try to fight for what they perceive and anticipate and foresee as uh, their main priorities and do not feel depressed but keep on fighting. I think that uh, this is very important. The inertia is so huge that things uh, many times look like impossible and I think that uh, anything can be done even if sometimes it takes a little bit longer but I think that they need to be constructive, to be firm in terms of principles, to be flexible and open their minds and their ears in terms of how to combine different options to, to achieve the goal. 
I think the most important or the more valuable syllabus that uh, you can develop in this area is trying to diversify away from pure finance. ESG indicators are not in textbooks today. They are not in common financial. They are not a generally accepted valuation tool. And it is important to bring into the picture elements that are not in the syllabus of the traditional analyst certifications. Yes, it's difficult to say because most of the time we learn from the youngest one. They are convinced that sustainable is critical, it's important, and they wanted to take care of that. For the other point of view, for my particular experience, I have learned that traditional uh, students with analyze a lot of balance sheets, a lot of uh, results, but I think I miss to better understand how sustainability are important aspects to be considered. I encourage them to understand better how sustainability and, and financial traditionals uh, could alive together. You're listening to Perspectives Toward a Sustainable Future, a podcast about what we're doing today to build a more sustainable world tomorrow. I'm Jason Mitchell. Thanks for joining us. And special thanks to everyone that helped produce this show. To check out more episodes of this podcast, please visit us at man.com forward slash responsible dash investment or look for us on iTunes.